Welcome to Your Health Guide, your how-to prescription for better health, translating cutting-edge research for your everyday life. Join naturopath and health educator Lawrence Katsaris for practical tips and insights to help you on your wellness journey. Hi, I'm Lawrence Katsaris and on today's episode of Your Health Guide, we're discussing histamine intolerance. Naturopath and researcher Joanne McNeil joins us again as we talk about what is histamine, what foods is it found in, and how can you identify if it's histamine intolerance that's actually causing your allergic symptoms. Joanne explains to us how if we react to high histamine foods, it's because of a breakdown in our normal processes that would typically allow us to handle the histamine in those common foods. We'll learn about why this happens and what we can do to improve our tolerance to histamine again. If you suffer from flushing, hives, headaches or hay fever-like symptoms after alcohol or particular foods, or if you already know you react to high histamine foods, this is a great informative episode. I hope you find it helpful. Great to have you for another discussion, Joe. Thanks, Lawrence. So today we want to talk about histamine, a common compound found in foods, and that could be causing a lot of allergic type symptoms in some people and acute reactions when they're consuming foods and drinks. So maybe to kick us off, do you want to tell us about what is histamine? Sure. So histamine is an amino acid. It's a it's kind of a byproduct of a common amino acid found in foods. Uh, so often it's produced um, through the aging or fermentation of particular foods. It's also actually a compound that's found in our body naturally as well, and it's used by our immune system. So that's why it can actually appear like an allergy when we consume too much of that. Mm. So it's not a bad thing like we've been talking with a lot of these compounds is it's naturally occurring in our body. It's naturally occurring in a lot of foods. It tends to happen in foods as they they aging and as they ripe, you know, or as they ferment, mm-hmm. and we start to getting more histamine there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us are consuming histamine in our day-to-day diets, mm-hmm. and that's not causing a problem for many of us but for some of us we start to get to a situation where typically can be can come on through our sort of middle years in our 30s and 40s and we start to react to particular foods or for some of us we may always be reactive to histamine and those signs and symptoms that we're suspecting that we might be reactive to histamine they're what do they look like So they can look really similar to an allergy. So they can appear like hay fever, uh, rashes, um, and even more severe sort of allergy symptoms like the constriction of the airways. Uh, But they can also be sort of broader as well. So you can get gut symptoms with that, um, sort of nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and you can get things like headaches and fatigue as well. Mm. And they tend to come on pretty quickly, don't they? Like when people are consuming, if they're reacting to histamine foods, Mm. they can tend to come on you know, within half an hour or within a couple of hours? It will depend on the dose, actually. So it can, uh, it depends what you're eating and how much you're eating. True, true, Mm. true, true. Because for some people it could be smaller doses and they just get a, you know, it can take a while Mm -hmm. and that might commonly be the headache or the gut cramps, sort of small symptoms. And it can be cumulative as well. Yeah, great, Mm. great. So can be symptoms like um, hives, rashes, flushing, Mm -hmm. gut symptoms like cramping, diarrhea, um, uh, headaches, migraines, uh, could even be contributing to things like insomnia as well. That's right. Um, and what am I forgetting? I think that was most of you. Uh, sort of the hay fever like Hay fever, of course. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now common foods that we're seeing these in. So I mentioned that it's in foods that are 
aged. So Mm -hmm. as our classic histamine high foods are things like our aged cheeses. Alcohol is a great one because fermented foods also have it. Uh, What other foods are you commonly thinking are high in histamine? Yeah, so there's some particular foods that because of their amino acid content or the um, the the um, breakdown of amino acids in those foods, they'll they'll be higher than others. So fish is a good example of that. Really, really high in histidine, which is converted to histamine uh, when it ages. So fish can be quite high, particularly things like tinned fish or smoked fish, aged fish, uh, cheese, you're right, um, and then other aged meats as well. Then we look at uh, foods like berries and citrus fruit, uh, cocoa, spinach, spices, eggs. It it can look really random, Mm. uh, but these foods tend to have higher levels of histamine. Alcohol actually doesn't contain a huge amount of histamine often, but it actually stops the breakdown of histamine, which is interesting. So that's a really common one for people to react to. And alcohol is an interesting one. I want to come back to that in a second. But in terms of you were saying it could be cumulative, what we're talking about here is you're mentioning a couple of foods like you know berries and spinach or even chocolates. That it could be that people are consuming small amounts of these little foods and they're not necessarily getting a direct reaction after one meal. Mm. But over the course of maybe one day when they happen to have a combination of different histamine-containing foods, by the end of that day they end up with a headache. But a day, the next day or you know the previous day, when they had a pretty similar combination of foods but not the same level of histamine-rich foods, mm. they, they don't get a headache. So they can't – it's not like a I eat a food, I get a reaction. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that's kind of uh, where it differs from allergy in a way where someone will consistently get symptoms to one food, uh, whereas in histamine intolerance, even though they have a very similar presentation often, uh, it can be really random or appear really random. Mm, And that's probably a perfect time to just differentiate again. We talked about this on a previous episode Mm. about the difference between an allergy and an intolerance is that an intolerance is we don't have the inherent ability to be able to, or when we normally could break down a substance, Mm. so we can normally, as you've mentioned, we can normally handle histamine, Mm. but we've developed an intolerance because in this instance we've lost our ability to actually metabolize that substance we've lost our ability to handle histamine Mm. now we start to react to it so it's not necessarily that our immune system has learned that it's reactive to histamine and it's always going to react to it it's more that our natural ability to handle that product is not there right now right that's right yep so what is it that's normally how how do we normally metabolize histamine yeah, sure. So normally, um, you know, a healthy person will consume histamine throughout the day and they'll easily metabolize it. Uh, now, that occurs in the gut predominantly uh, through an enzyme called diamine oxidase. So DAO is what we call it um, for short. And, and that breaks histamine down so we can effectively clear it and it doesn't cause issues. When we have too um, or not enough DAO for whatever reason, uh, that's when we run into issues and we, we start to accumulate histamine and then it, it causes symptoms and that's probably an interesting point then about coming back to the alcohol Mm. thing there where alcohol will contain histamine but then will also inhibit and stop DAO or diamine oxidase from working Mm -hmm. so then you get a bit of a double-edged sword there don't you yeah and there's a bunch of other foods and medications even that can inhibit DAO that's right yeah so there's medications things like um, antidepressants antipsychotics blood pressure medications there's actually a really really long list uh, of medications that can uh, reduce or block DAO Mm. so it may be that someone started on some medications and then that could be why they start to be 
reacting to histamine mm. foods or maybe that they start to get a breakdown in their gut function then they're not producing the mm. DAO so they're not able to metabolize and break down that histamine properly now they start to be reacting to histamine foods and then they start to be producing the symptoms mm. mm-hmm. so this kind of gets us back to the discussion that we've been having a lot around in allergies is the importance of supporting the gut health in an, that integrated way and you've been talking to us a lot about Debbie and we've mm. been talking about the importance of affecting the diet the enzymes, the bacteria, the barrier, and the immune system's health. And really where we're seeing here is that it's the the enzyme and the barrier layer mm-hmm. as there we're getting breakdowns there and mm-hmm. then that's why we're not supporting histamine. Is that about right? That's right, yeah. And often what I see in practice is that people will um, have an onset of this kind of histamine intolerance after uh, a, an event that causes disruption in those layers. So they might have an infection uh, or, like you said, they might have started on uh, a medication that affects the enzyme production, right, that that layer of Debbie. Mm. Uh, and that's when they start responding or reacting to these foods. Mm. So clearly, in terms of treatment for this, we need to be, again, as we keep coming back to, supporting all those different layers of Debbie. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of diet, obviously, we'd be removing those histamine-rich foods. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's ways that we can be supporting, specifically helping with those enzymes so that we're producing enough of the enzyme that specifically helps you break down histamine in the food and then supporting the bacteria and barrier layers. So how do you like to go about doing that? Sure. So first and foremost, the um, the strategy I take is to to remove the histamine foods only initially, of course, um, but that gives really quick symptomatic relief and it can be quite distressing, you know, experiencing these uh, symptoms to all these random foods. So we need to remove the foods first, <clears throat> then we need to um, work on all of those other layers of Debbie. So enzymes are really uh, a good place to start because in histamine intolerance, that's actually really critical, right? So uh, we want to support um, the health of the gut overall because anything that increases inflammation, any kind of infection in the gut will reduce enzyme production stress actually reduces enzyme production so if that's a factor we need to address that and we need to also uh, give the body building blocks it requires to um, make this enzyme so for DAO synthesis we require vitamin b6 we require vitamin c zinc as well the mineral zinc and copper which is probably less likely to be deficient in but we need to provide all of those building blocks so Mm. that we can make DAO. And a lot of people tend to be less like copper's less deficient because of copper piping in houses um, that we most people have sufficient copper or tend to have higher levels of copper and then they have that relationship between copper and zinc Mm -hmm. and that you can end up with lower levels of zinc if you have higher levels of copper which is why a lot of people really need to have zinc support. So zinc, vitamin C, vitamin B6, mm-hmm. and potentially copper, that helps with the, the building blocks to help us make DAO, which is the enzyme to metabolize that histamine. Mm-hmm. So just to clarify, when we're talking enzymes here, are we talking about, you know, a lot of people might think about digestive enzymes like pancreatic enzymes or stomach acids. Are we talking about that is important in histamine intolerance or more so the enzyme of DAO? The specific enzyme yeah, DAO. Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. So... We can be supporting that through those building blocks, Mm -hmm. but you're talking about inflammation here and because DAO, if that gut, that barrier is inflamed Mm. and broken down, then we're not making as much DAO. So you could have all those building blocks as as much Mm -hmm. as you need, 
But if you've got an inflamed gut because you're stressed or because you've got an infection mm-hmm. or because of maybe you're taking certain medications that will affect the gut lining, like your non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, mm-hmm. that can then affect your ability to produce the DAO, can't it? Yeah, that's right. So we really need to look after the barrier uh, function as well as another level of Debbie. And this is another example of how these interplay, right? So um, the barrier function is integral. Um, often practitioners, and I particularly, um, uh, certainly I, use things like glutamine and vitamin A. A, vitamin D to support barrier function. Zinc actually is required for barrier function, mm. uh, which is interesting. And the bacteria is also important and that plays into that. So if you do have an infection, a gut infection, um, that's going to impact the breakdown of so the production of DAO, but also the barrier as well. So again, linking that back. Um, a lot of your beneficial commensal organisms in your gut, the bacteria, um, they actually help break down histamine as well. Um, but if they're dis biotic what then by out of balance um, they can actually produce histamine adding to that load so we really need to make sure that uh, any infection is dealt with sure so again if that bacteria in our gut is dysfunctional you're saying if it's dysbiotic meaning that there's high amounts of you could say in inverted brackets like in commas bad bugs Mm -hmm. you know and not enough of those good commensal native bugs that should be there Mm -hmm. then they may be producing more histamine Mm -hmm. we're not going to be breaking down histamine as effectively we've talked in previous episodes about how when you've got a disruption in that bacterial layer that will affect your barrier layer that Mm -hmm. can cause inflammation and as you're saying like it can be really hard to tease out like where is it all you know what is the common problem it's just that once one starts to be affected like you know the barrier starts to be affected it's going to affect the bacteria it's going Mm -hmm. to affect the enzymes it's going to affect the immune system which is why it's so important that as natural healthcare practitioners we've working on the all those functional integrated aspects of the gut health isn't that's it? right yeah which i'm sure is where you're saying that's essentially where we need to be going you've mentioned a couple of specific nutrients that can be useful for helping with to produce dao and to break down histamine mm-hmm. but the answer for someone long term is really assessing well why did we get there that's right yeah, yeah. always get down to the recourse yeah yeah okay cool so anything else that you like to be doing um for basic recommendations for helping mm. people with histamine intolerance yeah actually um the other thing that practitioners will often use is things that um naturally help break down histamine particularly initially and that will again um like i said the diet will help with symptoms uh things like quercetin we've spoken about that before uh that can also be useful to uh, alleviate some of those symptoms initially while we really get down to that that uh, root cause because mm. as you mentioned at the beginning our body will naturally produce histamine mm. as part of a response sometimes and quercetin can help decrease the body's production of that histamine yeah you're yeah. just talking about reducing that load yeah. uh, while we're sort of addressing that cause because like i said it's cumulative so as much as we can reduce that load we're going to reduce symptoms for those people yeah and you get that feed forward cycle that you often see isn't it like mm. that person who's eating high histamine foods and reacting to it it can Mm -hmm. then their body could start to be producing more inflammation more histamine and then it worsens that accumulative load as well going forward okay great so for people who um are reacting to foods with more of the hay fever type symptoms rashes headaches and also gut symptoms so diarrhea cramping pain could be that they're reacting to histamine rich foods Mm -hmm. I sort of, it's sometimes jokingly and sometimes it can be quite useful. A lot of people, if they're reacting to alcohol, you could know that potentially histamine's a problem. Like mm-hmm. those people who get flushing, hives from drinking, 
and they go, oh, I'm allergic to alcohol is what I often hear. Yeah. It's like, well, it's probably more the histamine in the alcohol that's the issue for you. And so jokingly, a test that I think some people can do is like, well, what if you went home and you had a bottle of red wine and some aged cheese? How are you going to go? <laughs> yeah. And for a lot of people, I think, oh, God, that's going to be a nightmare. My hay fever is going to flare up. It's like, okay, you probably, we're looking at a histamine intolerance mm. here. And then you're saying, well, we have that intolerance because the enzyme that we normally use to break down histamine we don't have we don't have that because we have a dysfunction and uh, upsets in those different aspects of the enzymes the bacteria the barrier and the immune function Mm -hmm. and so you've given us some great cofactors or building blocks to help build those enzymes up but really dealing with the root of the problem and that's making sure you've got a good barrier Mm -hmm. making sure you've got a good bacteria yeah and then finding out why they went wrong in the first place was it because of stress because of infection because of particular medications maybe that are adding to that load Mm -hmm. is there anything Mm -hmm. else that's to sort of sum up that whole treatment approach there and what's really going on when people are intolerant to histamine uh i think an important thing to mention actually is um we've spoken about this before but that the goal is to eventually introduce those foods back right uh so we don't want to remove aged cheese and red wine from people's diet forever. No, <laughs> no one wants that. <laughs> uh, so we do want to uh, get to a stage where we're introducing some of these foods back, particularly those, and we, we've joked about red wine and aged cheese, but particularly those that are really nutrient dense. So things like spinach, um, things like berries and eggs that are really nutritious and healthy, but these people are reacting to. We want to start introducing those back in a systemized manner and a practitioner will be able to really help you do that uh, so that we can test your tolerance, ensure that you're in increasing that tolerance uh, by addressing those root cause um, and adding variety back into your diet. Again, the importance about seeing a practitioner and about that whole assessment of your Mm. health and about treating beyond just the intolerance to histamine, treating your digestive health, your immune health and whatever might be affecting that. And there's some, I think there's some really important takeaways is we want to get those foods back in there Mm. as as soon as possible. It shouldn't, you know, whether for enjoyment, but more importantly, as you're saying, those foods high in nutrition. That's right. Fantastic. Thank you so much again for your time, Joe. I think this has been a great discussion that hopefully helps us understand why we might be reacting to those particular foods and having those allergy type symptoms that aren't actually an allergy. It's because our body is intolerant to substance. And in this instance, we just can't break down the histamine. So thank you again. Thank you, Lawrence. Thanks for listening to Your Health Guide. Any resources or links discussed in the episode can be found at metagenics.com.au. To help you continue on your health journey, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you found this episode useful, please rate and review us. If you have any questions about how this information could relate to your health condition, please go and speak to your natural healthcare practitioner who can provide you with specific advice for your health needs.